Welcome back, listeners, to another week of Social Small Business. My name is Brooks Gray, and I'm with Lee Simkowski, and we have a special guest with da, us. Da, da, da. Marshall Ramsey, president of the Morristown Area Chamber of Commerce, and Hendon's with us again today. Yep, so we have two special guests again this week. <laughs> Marshall, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Fantastic. I get to work with Marshall a lot um, because I serve on the board of the chamber and I love it. It's one of my favorite boards that I serve on. And I also see a huge um, advantage advantages um, to being a member of the chamber. And I think when we when I started South Marketing Group, one of the first things I did was join. And it has been um, one of the best decisions I made. So that's why I wanted Marshall to come on with us today, because I feel like he can give us some perspective and insight on how it can help small businesses. Because I get asked all the time when we have clients and they ask, why should I join the chamber? What does the chamber even do? I go through this whole spill about how it's helped me and helped our, some of our other clients. But So I wanted to have you on um, to give your perspective on before we jump into all that i would love <clears throat> for you just to kind of briefly introduce yourself if you want to tell us where you're from how you ended up where you're at now that sort of thing you don't have to start give us your whole life story but all right so um grew up in newport so um, i'm ducking now if anybody's watching i'm ducking um worked for the state of tennessee after working in cock county and moved to chattanooga and the knoxville region and covered uh, about 25 counties for that area, and then came back to Morristown about 11 years ago. Um, went to college at Mars Hill College over near Asheville, North Carolina, and attempted to kick a football for a living, and did that for about five years and had to get a real job. <laughs> so um, this is it. And like Lee said, you know, we appreciate her service to the chamber and hopefully can show you today how you're going to gain some value from your membership. Were you a kicker in like high school? Yes, kicked in high school, college, and then in arena football. Oh, really? Which what? arena team? Tupelo, Norfolk, Asheville, and Knoxville. Were you married at the time? So you no. just drag your family around with no, you? No, not married at the time. <laughs> no. What married was with the two kids. Farthest field goal you kicked? In a game 53, and that was in Asheville, uh, practice 60 or so. That's pretty good. Uh, so. So in arena football, is it like, I don't keep up with arena football. So is it the same like rules and the same, you have to wear the same? Same equipment, smaller same equipment. field, about the okay. size of a hockey arena, um, 50-yard field, eight-yard end zones. And the uprights are half the size of college uprights. So you're kicking a little smaller target. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, well, that means you were pretty good then, right? So how car- According to my son, I was terrible because I didn't make it to the NFL. Oh, That's so fair. you got to live that So down. how far, if you were to, if I were to take you out, in the in the field right now, how far could you kick a field goal? Do you think I've not kicked in ten years, and I would say today I'm good from forty five. Should be really, yeah. Wow, it's like maybe riding a bike. Should, maybe we should video that one day. <clears throat> yes, we can do. I'll do it in a suit. We can do that. that okay, would be great. let's do it. <laughs> we'll go out here to the high school. And yeah. We so how did you end up at the chamber? Um, I was actually working in Chattanooga for the State Department of Economic Development. And had been there a few years and seen some jobs come open and hadn't really thought a lot about it. And I got a call from Jody Wigington originally. And I think he had spoken to someone I'd worked with in the past and they said, we just want to talk. And I thought, you know, that's as far as it would go. How did I you was, meet Jody? Jody is, um, what's his title at MUS? He's the um, general manager at Morristown Utilities. Okay. 
So and how did how did you know him? For so him it was kind out? of out of the blue. He just called me, and um, it was kind of I don't want to say dumb luck, but I wasn't really looking. I thought at the time I was like thirty one, thirty two years old, which in the chamber world is pretty young. And Morristown has a history, a good history in the chamber. So the people in Morristown stay here a long time. They're very successful. So in my mind, I was a little young for this career, but I think their idea was to go younger and someone a little more aggressive and, and kind of get active. So that's that's kind of how it started, and I'll be here. This will be 11 years in May. I know um, since I've been back in Morristown, for I've been here 11 years back in town, so I've never known another chamber president. Yeah. So it's always been under your leadership, and I think it, it's everyone's been thriving under that leadership. Um, so she can say without reservation that you're, you're the, the best, best chamber president. The best she's ever worked with. That's good. You are the best for sure. You have a great, I, I can't not acknowledge your staff. You've got a fantastic staff. Yeah, the team we have, you know, with the staff, and we'll talk about later some of our partnerships with city and county and our other partners. Um, it makes my life easy. So, but the staff I have is wonderful. And we work with Deborah and Pat a lot and working with Ann on some tourism stuff. So his whole staff is, is pretty great. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so can I dive in? Is it okay, Brooks? Dive in head first. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so some of the things that I feel I'm asked a lot is uh, I want to I want to pose those questions to you today. Um, what what's the mission of the chamber, and what role does it play with local businesses? And I'm not talking like, um, you know, the chain type of businesses, but I know we work with them too. But what yep. is it? With, what does it mean to small business? Yeah, so small business I think is any community's bread and butter. So. Each community has their strength, and I think communities have to play to that strength. And our community strength has historically been industrial development, and that's about 25% of our workforce. And that's nice to say that's the biggest, but when you look at small business, that's actually probably 60 to 70% of what we do. So our chamber, you know, being a small business advocate and giving them opportunities to, to network and to grow and thrive in their business is our main goal. Um, of course, in any chamber, your goal is to increase the tax base, because if you increase and grow the tax base, it spreads the love among everybody. So, you know, the way to not allow taxes to go up on residents is have more businesses and spread that base. Most communities are about 60-40 residential base to commercial industrial. More sounds more 70-30. So our industry and business carry the weight of our tax burden in our community. So the business and industry are the 70%. Yes, correct. Okay. So that's why our taxes are some of the lowest in the state here, because we do have such a large number of business and industry. Um, within that chamber, you know, economic development to us, we treat it like a wheel. And you got to have all the spokes in that wheel to succeed. So Industry is a part of that. Um, your medical community is a large part of that. Your education system. Um, but small business is a strong part of that as well. And without any part of that wheel doing well, it's going to collapse. So most communities look at it as a pyramid, and they want to be at the tip of the pyramid with jobs. And they forget you have to build that base. And the base is generally made up of education and small business. And that's what drives everything else that happens in a community. So when I look around the 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 chamber board meetings, you all have done such an excellent job of the mixture of people that serve being industry, 
small business education is represented there. I, th- I think that you don't, where a lot of chambers would focus on industrial, you have done a great job of making sure that small businesses are well represented. Yeah, yeah. We make sure industry is represented because they are a big part, but there are other parts in the community that are just as important mm-hmm. and the industry need them to thrive. Right. So that's our goal is to make sure everyone's represented. It's a pretty conscious effort to make sure we hit all of those needed sectors. And how do, how do you guys work to attract new businesses and then support the growth of the existing? So I'll, I'll hit on the industrial and commercial resi- or retail, if that's okay. In, industrial is kind of a partnership effort between us, the state of Tennessee, and TVA. And we will work new projects from around the world. Typically, we'll see about 100 of those projects a year. We will choose to submit on probably 50 of those. In, out of those 50, we'll get 12 in-person what? visits, and we'll land one to two projects a year. So industry is pretty, you know, I don't want to say it's simple, but it's pretty standard what we do there. We also, you know, travel around the world and visit companies and, you know, make sure our face is out there where a lot of communities just sit at home and wait for the business to come. Um, if you see what Jack Fishman did years ago, you know, and going to Japan and recruiting companies, and it's important that you're out and seen by these companies because then they see you as you really want them. You know, you're not just sitting at home hoping you'll come to them. So um, retail commercial, were a little more rifled approach. So for our community, we have a lot of good things. I think in a community of 65,000, there's actually 24,000 business licenses issued. So there's not that many businesses, but that's a lot of business licenses in a community of this size. So we have a lot. So the goal is not to recruit, you know, the next fast food chain. Those are great and they're a convenience item, but what we really work to recruit are regional draws. So greedily, I don't want the Hamlin County people's money spread even more thin by the same restaurants or the same retailers. I want to bring in the Jefferson, the Cock, and the Granger's money. So those are our surrounding communities. That's right. You know, our, our workforce region and regional draws about eight surrounding counties, and that accounts for about a million people. So while we're 60,000, we function more as a community of a million because of that regional 30 to 45-minute draw. So if you look at retail in our community industrial health care, those are where those patients and those customers come from or those eight surrounding counties. For example, 55% of our workforce come from those areas every day today. So our goal with retail and commercial growth is to grow those regional draws, you know, the cheddars of the world and the people that will, you know, your neighbors in counties will drive to come to, not just another, you know, typical fast food chain. So you mentioned the the travel part. Is that the most interesting part of your job is going to these countries where some of these uh, headquarters are? It is. You know, growing up in Newport, I never really thought I would leave Tennessee. So to end up in, you know, Japan or Macedonia or Austria and Germany and, you know, all that will probably happen this October. You know, usually I'll do a fall trip to a bus show and a glass show. So I'll be in Belgium and Germany and Netherlands and France and usually eight or 10 countries in 10 days. So it's, it's interesting. And that's paid off because Van Hool is um, where they based. They're based in Belgium and plans start date right now for them is 2025. So they'll. COVID affected that of course. Yeah. COVID um, stopped one of their um, European plants. The other one got down to about 30% capacity. So they're up and running again, products flowing. So that's good. Um, I think their plan would be to start the U.S. with transit bus production. 
for major transit markets and then get into the tour bus manufacturing. So that's, that's a big deal because that's jobs. Yeah. That's and if you look in community. bus companies, they're like the Ford or the Chevy of a, a company. Yeah, they're a major OEM along with Prevost and MCI. Mm-hmm. So Van Hul's one of the top four bus producers in the world. So, um, and that, that's always been our success are finding these family owned companies. Uh, you know, we do have some large corporate companies here, but to know the owners and know them personally and know the family, that's what fits Morristown. And they've already started getting involved in our community. So I feel like you, you are really good at finding the good fit. Yeah, they, they are. Um, and that's what fits us so well is, you know, they've got a staff person here. They're sponsoring events. They're participating. Um, so that's, that's nice to see them already being active in the community. I'm sorry, Hendon's so excited about this topic. He's, He's really, just yeah. he keeps interjecting today. Jobs investment. Usually What's he not just to be excited about. Usually he just so, lays here and he keeps interjecting. So I don't want to get off topic of the questions, the line of questions that you have prepared or, or wanting to ask. But along those lines, what is sort of your? Um, can you give us a little bit of your pitch when you go to these places? Like when you talk to these people, what's what's one of the things you say to them to try to convince them to open a plant in Morristown or yeah so you know Lee's probably heard it a hundred times but I have kind of an elevator pitch that I use in a lot of speak I won't go into it because it's a little longer than we have but generally I talk about the size of our community you know we're the third smallest county in the state of Tennessee so we're a very small community um, but we have over a hundred manufacturing companies so when you look at a hundred similar top industries that means your workforce systems have been set up to accomplish the goals that those people need. And when your workforce systems are set up the right way, that means your education system is run the right way because you have to have that trained workforce. And what comes along with that is your health care to support that because as you get an aging workforce, that's always important. So our community has lent itself very well to support of industry growth. Um, it's interesting when we mention, you know, the Colgates of the world and the Mollies that are located here in Morristown. And once you name a few of those, they perk up and say, oh, wow, they're there. Mm-hmm. Why are they there? You know, logistics are important. 80% of the population in the U.S. lives along a coastline. And what, 65, 75% of that live along the eastern coastline of the U.S. So logistically, we have a great advantage there. Um, a lot of communities say that they have a strategic location, and I kind of disagree with that. You don't pick your location. You got what you got, and you're fortunate that you were placed by an, an interstate sometimes. <laughs> so our strategy is utilizing what we were given to the best of our ability, and that was always Jack Fishman's vision back in the day. Once we got that interstate, how do we develop those areas around the interstate to make commerce travel possible? So he's he's had a lot of foresight and forethought into this in the development of that, and Jack came here in the mid-50s in my position at the Chamber of Commerce, went away, started newspapers, came back with a newspaper in Morristown, and volunteered on the industrial board since the mid-60s. So he's volunteered in this, which is totally weird to me. At least I get paid to do it. But Jack does it because he, he loves it. It's his passion. It's, it's his, his hobby. Passion. He doesn't golf. I he mean, likes to see jobs. Yeah. And, and he was at he was at our board meeting just this week. Yeah. He didn't have to be, he's but he's there. He's 85 years old and yeah, loves it. He, he calls me every day. How many jobs did you get today? And you, and you can appreciate that. Yeah. Someone that cares that much. If every community had someone like that, we would all be better off. Yeah. More communities, most communities don't have that type of advocate that supports that growth. So what would you tell um, a small business? What are, what are those key benefits that they can see from joining a chamber? 
And I think the benefits are different. Like you said, for small business, for our larger business, it, it's the offerings vary. Small business, I think the networking is key. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I'll do new member orientation tomorrow morning. And I'm very clear with them that if you join the chamber and don't show up an event or don't participate, you'll get no benefit. You'll quit after a year. But if you come to events, you come to ribbon cuttings, you come to you know after hours, you come to the small business awards or the expo, um, you'll meet those people that will help your business grow. And that's what we see. The members that are most active get the most benefit. It's what you put into it. Exactly. So networking, I think, is key. And you all provide plenty of opportunities for networking. Yeah, we we try to provide. I mean, shameless plug for our women in business group that meets the first Friday of every month. And we have over 70 people. I think it is last that are members. But uh, this last one, I think we actually had almost everyone there. That's great. And that's and that's a good... We won't talk about who the speaker was. That the <laughs> oh, it was, it was you. That's right. <laughs> uh, he did speak. Um, but there's all kinds of opportunities like that. Yeah. It is, and for small business, I think you're right. It is what you put into it. Yeah. And a lot of it, we ask business to come to us early. So we have a new member that's joining. I like how they did it. They came in and talked to me. They said, "Hey, we we're, we've moved here from outside. We've got a business idea. Here's what we're. What do you think?" So we talked through it. They came back 30 days later with a fully developed business plan to said, "Yes, we can do this and make money. Now I need to find the property." So they're taking it in baby steps. But what we've been able to do for them is, you know, logistics are important in our community because we are small. So where your traffic counts, and we can provide small business a lot of demographics and psychographics to show. If you're a service industry, this location may be okay. But if you need traffic, here's where you're going to be. So you help businesses on the front end, and that's something that people don't un- don't understand about the chamber, especially our chamber. Is if you actually go to you first, yeah. they could they could potentially be more successful. Yeah, and you know, in because one of, those of the data cases, you have, we I'd say we don't care if you're a member at that point. Our goal is to get you to be a member, but we can help you. Our goal is for your business to be successful, and if you're successful, you will join the chamber. You'll help our community. So we do a lot of that data on the front end to make them make good business decisions. So yeah, that's that's part of you know what we can do for small business. We also partner with the Kingsport Chamber and the Small Business Development Center. So when you're talking about small and minority or women and minority-owned businesses for loans and grant programs, we partner with them. Um, so I want to I want to tell our listeners something I would never have known about that. And just last week, I signed up for one of their webinars on how to become a certified. Mm-hmm. Um, diverse owned business. Yep. I, I forgot the initials that they use. Um, but I would never have known about it unless I were a chamber member. So it, I just feel like the information you get, the education you get, the networking opportunities, I think that's worth it in itself. And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our goal is to educate our members the best we can because it's tough being in small business. You know, 90% of them fail the first year. And our goal is to give them at least the information and the data they need to be successful because we know it's tough. And I tell our businesses, I'm like, if you're going to start a new business, go ahead and join the chamber. Those rib- the ribbon cuttings are invaluable. Yeah. I mean, because our chamber members, they show up for things. Yeah. And if you look at the cost to join the chamber, if you utilize the free programs and free things, we do, you know, it's, it's a pretty good value. You know, you really couldn't buy a print ad for what you can join the chamber for, for a year. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's like a little toolkit for, you know, new businesses. And really we're, we are established business and we still use the same methods we used when we first joined and, yeah. and the same tools. So I know one thing I learned when I joined the board 
was how well you work with government, our city and yeah. county government and our local officials. Um, and just can you speak a little bit about that relationship? Yeah, so we're we're very lucky here. I say again, to be a small county, we have one city within the county. So essentially, we have a county mayor, a city mayor, and a, count, a city manager that we work with often. And our community is blessed in that everybody pulls the same direction. They all want growth in the community, and they want success for our residents and our kids. Um, so I talk with those people generally every day. I'm either an assistant city manager, city manager, planning staff, county mayor. Um, it, it's nice when I've worked in communities, and when you have a prospect visit, for example, the first prospect visits generally a very small group. The state doesn't want elected officials. It makes you nervous because you don't always know what they'll say. Mm. Our our representatives, when they come, they will request us invite our elected officials. They say, your guys get it, and they speak well to what you do. And to have mayors invited to first prospect visits, for me, is unbelievable. And I want to be clear, our chamber is not political at all. Like no. We have legislative things that that we are part of the chamber, but it is and chambers are not political, and I think that is a misconception. Yeah, that's but right. But you work hand-in-hand hand with... Our yeah, elected and, officials. and our, our only political involvement is advocating for our members' desires. Mm-hmm. You know, we work with whatever parties in, in power to to fix whatever issues they have, either at the state, local, federal level. Mm-hmm. Um, the local level's honestly pretty easy. Our, our community is geared, again, toward that commercial, industrial, small business growth. So our planning staff's in tune with that. Um, when we go to the state level, our chamber is a member of the state of Tennessee Chamber of Commerce, which is a much larger organization to help advocate at the state level for certain things. And then we also, of course, have all of our federal um, representatives that we work with um, on a pretty close level. You know, we have them in our community daily, and I've, I call one of them boss because he was my boss at the state of Tennessee, and that's one of our U.S. senators. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to you know be able to call on. We've had industries, for example— that have had products stuck in a port for weeks on end that they were going to have to lay off people and one phone call and a signature and the products on the way to Morristown. Right. So that's been kind of recently that things like that happen. So that's the relationship the chamber tries to keep with our elected officials. Well, and I, and I think that that it makes us stronger as a community when everybody's working together. Yeah. And I don't know that people know, that what goes on behind the scenes. And I'm glad that you said that because they might just think some people think of a chamber as people sitting there planning yeah. events and doing, doing oh, things wish like it that. Were that easy. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> see the work that goes on behind the scenes. So I appreciate you sharing that. And speaking of misconceptions, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about chambers? So I think one is that we're really not a part of the city and county government. We're a standalone organization. That's a membership based organization to support business business and industry in our community. Um, A lot of people, you know, just lump us in with city or county. And while we do partner with them a lot, we're our own independent 501c6 organization. Um, One big one we see a lot is we don't control the location of businesses. You know, we don't, we don't tell a business if they come to us, we don't tell them where to go. Now, industry is a little different. We have lots that, that fit some people's needs, but if, let's just say McDonald's come in, 
And McDonald said, where do I need to put a restaurant? We won't tell them. We will give them data. We'll give them traffic counts and demographics. And I mentioned psychographics earlier. And what that is, is if you say you're looking to put a McDonald's somewhere, I can tell you how many people within five miles eat cheeseburgers. You know, we can basically tell you what kind of people are in those households, what kind of pets they have, what they do for a living. Uh, and a lot of that's through publicly available information that sometimes when you give your um, zip code out at certain stores, it gets collected. Mm-hmm. So um, we always try to give the companies the best data to make their decision, but we don't we don't choose where things go. We just give people data to make those decisions. And a historic one that you know, in our office we've talked about before is there's some assumptions that we help industries and businesses set wage rates. And we've never really done that. Um, there's always this, oh, you help keep wages low. And that's not our goal. Our goal is the exact opposite. We want the highest paid workforce we have because that helps us attract, you know, the targets of the world and the people that we try to recruit. One of our challenges is if the family household incomes below a certain threshold, we don't qualify. So our goal is actually to get the wages as high as possible, not really keep them low, but to increase the wages. So... You may have a question, but I've got one final one. Okay. Your most, the most favorite part of your job, what would you say that is? Besides coming on podcasts. Besides podcasts, <laughs> gosh. Um, I would say just meeting the new people every day. You know, it's it's almost weekly. We have new people in our office that have either moved to Morristown, considering moving to Morristown. And I like hearing those stories. Why are you looking? What didn't you like where you were from? What did you like? And the goal for me is how do we keep making our community better? And a lot of people that come in, you know, we, we love for them to leave their, their ideas where they're at, and that's okay. <laughs> we know why they moved, and we know what yeah. they didn't like. But um, it helps us generate some good ideas and good, you know, discussion in the office on what can we do next for our community to keep it moving forward. So no day, no day is the same with No, the it is not. It is very different. <laughs> Every day is different. Well, one thing, too, that I, I think would be beneficial to highlight on is when I think about you and the way I've kind of met you and got to know you is not necessarily through what you are doing by bringing new businesses in here or helping existing small businesses or that sort of thing, but it's been through the CTE programs in the high schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think probably there's a lot of a lot of people out there that don't realize the work that you all do, for instance, with the uh, when they do the Future Ready Expo at, yeah. at Walter State, you all are involved because part of part of what your desire to do is to not only uh, bring businesses in here, but also encourage the future workforce. Workforce development. Yeah. yeah that's number one priority. Uh, yeah. In our, in our world, that used to be about four or five on the list when a company would move to our area. Now it's number one. Mm-hmm. And what our community is doing with the TCAT and Walter State and then down into the high schools is showing kids earlier on there's more career options out there. It may not be the one you like. And in a way, that's a good thing. So once you get into our high schools, we have all the similar equipment and things learned in our higher education institutions. And we're trying to do more um, internships, getting students into programs earlier, uh, because nothing's more valuable to me than showing them what they don't like. So if, you, if you've got a student that wants to be a nurse, you know, you hate for them to graduate from school and get their nursing degree and think, well, I don't like blood that much. Yeah, now you're 100,000 in and you're going to go find another career. So the earlier we can introduce kids to career paths, um, the, the more successful we'll make them long term. 
So right now our community is, it's easy to move jobs because there's a lot of employers, but our goal is getting kids in a good career path quicker so they don't have to job hop to find success. So yeah, with the Future Ready Expo, and I mentioned earlier about 55% of our workforce coming outside the county, it's important that we educate our students, but also important that we educate those eight surrounding counties as well. And you have, a lot of those counties came to the Future Ready Expo this year. They do, yep, and we'll probably expand it again next year. And to that age range is middle school, is that correct? Those are eighth graders. Eighth graders. All okay. the eighth graders in about four surrounding counties um, attend that day, and that hits on industry, um, kind of white collar, medical, you have, you know, if you're a business out there looking and you want to participate, we'd love for you to set up. It doesn't cost you anything to set up a booth. And we just ask those to be interactive and get the students engaged in what you do. Um, we talk about in manufacturing a lot. The impression was it's, it's dark and dirty and dingy. And if you walk through our manufacturers, that's not the case anymore. It's air conditioned and clean and really working on computers and robots. There's not a lot of heavy manufacturing like you used to think. So, um, showing that to students earlier that there are career paths there is always good. Sure. Well, Hey, you've covered a lot of a lot. territory Just here. Action so packed today. As as we kind of wrap this up, if there's somebody listening that has a business and they're thinking they're kind of been on the fence, should I join the chamber? Should I not? What do they need to do to join the chamber? You can come to the office, talk with Pat Seaver. She's our membership director. And then talk to the other staff, depending on what your business or industry is in. I think talking to the staff and seeing, because there will be businesses out there that I'll say it doesn't make sense. you know, And we're happy to tell you that. We don't want you to waste your money. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk to those staff members and make sure there's a value for your business. And we're happy to not only help you get signed up, but get you involved and really help your business succeed. Now right. you you might you send me funny videos all the time and you you're a really funny guy so take us out I'm not gonna tell a joke today take us out with a joke Marshall. All right, how do you stop a charging rhino? How? Take away his credit card. <laughs> That's it, folks. Oh Our God. president of the chamber, Marshall Ramsey. Thank you so much for being here. Thank yeah, you pleasure guys. having you. Y'all have a great rest of the week.